This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 113, about Gotham, A Dark Knight, season 4, episode 10, Things That Go Boom. This is Victoria Cartagena. I play Renee Montoya on Gotham. Hey, this is Andrew Stewart-Jones. I play Christmas Allen on Gotham. This is Robin Lloyd-Taylor. I'm David Mazuz. Hey, Gotham TV podcast listeners. This is Maggie Gia, otherwise known as Poison Ivy. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV podcast. Boom, boom, shake that room. Yes, welcome back, Gothamites and fellow detectives. This is Gotham TV Podcast episode 113, and we are looking at episode 10, Things That Go Boom, season 4 of Gotham A Dark Knight. Yes, I am one of your hosts, John. And I'm your other host, Derek. I just keep thinking of that song, Things That Make You Go Oom. Yes, well, that's the other song that you can add to this as well, (laughs) Um, definitely. But I tell you what, did go boom quite a lot, because he broke the sound barrier, and that was The Flash in Justice League. Mm. And in case you missed it, we have our review of that dazzling roller coaster of a ride that is called Justice League, and that is now available on Gotham TV podcast. That's right, yeah. The the movie just broke 500 million in the box office uh, worldwide. Uh, so doing pretty well, and uh, we had really good fun. So if you missed it while uh, you were on your break from Gotham, uh, go back and listen to it on our on our podcast uh, feed. It's really good fun, actually. Yeah, yes, really it fun. is. The characters uh, that were introduced were really good, but of course, please remember, it is spoiler-filled. So if you haven't seen Justice League, please head on over to your local Cineplex. Mm-hmm. This on the other hand, is our penultimate episode uh, of the season so far as Gotham heads onto a break mm. um, next week. And uh, we'll be back probably around February as there will be a six-episode show running during the time slot on Fox in the off-season. Yeah, yeah, it's a six-episode uh, reality TV show that starts in January, so uh, that's we know that for a fact. So uh, if it's coming back in the t- same time slot uh, on Thursday nights at 8pm, uh, it will most likely be February before we get new episodes of Gotham. But... We're not here to talk about the future episodes. We're here to talk about this episode. Yes. Uh, and I did want to just, up front, I wanted to put in a little bit of feedback because um, I think it's a lovely piece of feedback that we got into our email. Absolutely. During our winter chill where we have no Gotham, this will keep us warm and fuzzy. Absolutely. Um, we got an email in that, that says, just wanted to say it's great listening to you guys. Podcasts tend to have commentators that play devil's advocate to scenes or episodes from our favorite shows, which I feel deters from our experience. The whole reason why most people, if not all people, listen to podcasts about our favorite shows is because we want to hear people who share our same love for the show. And it's refreshing to hear your positivity throughout each episode. I do find myself laughing out loud listening to you guys on my dreary ride to work, thus making my day better. So I want to say thank you and wish you all a happy holiday season. Best from Dylan. Thanks so much, Dylan. It is an absolute pleasure to talk about Gotham. We've been doing it now for three and a half years. Yep. Getting on to four almost. Um, and yeah, we've, we've enjoyed every moment of Gotham. We've really enjoyed it. And particularly we've enjoyed our listeners uh, for the podcast. Absolutely. So. Thank you so much, Dylan, for, for those really kind words. As I say, it will, um, keep us going through the winter months whilst Gotham isn't on Fox. Uh, and of course, yes, there have been 
many highs in Gotham. There have been a few lows. I do quote Balloon Man, episode three from season one. But despite that, (laughs) as we've always said, we like to maintain a positivity to the podcast. Mm -hmm. And we realize that, you know, all the creators, the cast, the crew, the production, the writers, all these people involved with Gotham are looking to do a good Good job. And I think that they are really succeeding and they've really found a groove over the last couple of seasons. And even before that, you know, they had some fantastic episodes. So it's all to be positive about. Absolutely. And as you said to me recently, John, uh, it makes what we do really easy on a podcast when the show is as good as it is. We're, we're able to find what we want to talk about in the episodes and fun stuff to talk about each episode because the show's so good at the moment. Uh, I've, I've regularly said that this is the best DC, DC show on TV. Uh, they did do recently the big crossover week on the uh, CW shows, uh, which was really good fun. But even that couldn't hold the candle to how good these episodes of Gotham have been in the last couple of, a couple of uh, weeks. Yes, but definitely please um, subscribe to the podcast. You can get our Gotham positivity over on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or any other good or evil podcast catcher. Please mm-hmm. just head on over to gothamtvpodcast.com and go to our subscribe section, and you can choose where you wish to listen to Gotham TV Podcast. Absolutely. And of course, please rate us, please leave a review, um, and please share Uh, Share the love uh, of Gotham TV podcast. But I think with that, we should get on with our spoiler-filled review. Mm -hmm. Derek, what are some of the episode details? Yeah, this episode was directed by Louis Shaw Melito, one of of our Gotham favourites, really. He's done three episodes so far, did A Bitter Pill to Swallow in Season 2. He also directed The Gentle Art of Making Enemies uh, in Season 3. That was the awesome one with Jerome and Bruce uh, in the Hall of Mirrors. John, that was really cool. Uh, And he also did uh, Season 4, Episode 2, The Fear Reaper, uh, the start of this season, which I think we gave a 5 out of 5 on. Uh, Brilliant episode. Really, really good. The episode was written by Stephen Lillian and Brian Winbrandt. Uh, These guys are such a good team up for Gotham. They've been writing many episodes. They've written five episodes since season three. So loads and loads of really good episodes from these guys. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. A power struggle breaks out between Penguin and Sophia as Gordon tries to broker a deal with Penguin that involves excommunicating Sophia back to Miami. Meanwhile, the investigation into the identity of Professor Pig yields interesting and unexpected results. Just as Lee Tompkins' control of the narrow gets tested, an enigma sees a familiar face over his shoulder. I thought I'd keep it short this week because it was so twisty, turny, and back and forth. I thought if I write a synopsis that is going to cover all of that... It's going to almost be, and then he said, then she said, (laughs) then she said, then he said, and it'll be like, oh my goodness. Yeah, this was like a really, really good episode. Mm -hmm. There was so much going on, so many um, different twists and turns um, and power plays being done by all the characters in Gotham. It was really fantastic. I must say... Fair dues to Steve Lillian and Brian Winbrandt. They have done an excellent, excellent piece of uh, writing for Gotham here. It was really, really good. And it felt so much stuff was happening and coming together. I'm really wondering what is going to be, you know, potentially the mid-season finale. 
um, to hit Gotham next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah, I, I posted in our Facebook group directly after watching this episode that I had no idea how we were going to craft our top five points because there are so many moments of back and forth between the characters where everybody flips and everybody changes on each other all the time. They're trying to catch what the actual through line story is because everything gets turned on its head so many times in this episode. While live tweeting it, there were so many shocked face emojis being used that it just, <laughs> yeah, it, it just was almost the hashtag for Gotham last night. But I think with that, we should get on to case note number one. Mm-hmm. This little piggy changed his identity. Um, yeah. Who is the pig? Yeah. We see a lot of facial surgery that seems to have taken place here. Um, really interesting, uh, that opening scene with pig in Arkham listening to, um, you know, his favorite operatic song. Uh, and one of the other inmates is like, wants the rock music, the, the back on. I just, you know, he gets hit there and you just see this, sort of bulge coming out and to begin with i was thinking what on earth is that i actually wondered whether it was clayface you know i really kind of got that feeling that it was clayface and then it kind of goes back in uh, and he does a fantastic you know death by metal um (laughs) you know move on on the the big kind of bouncer looking guy yeah where he snaps the um the record into stabs him through the heart and then slits his throat with the other i mean like i have to say he's a bloody piggy Uh he really really is um and then just returns to to moving along to ave maria directly after killing this guy so yeah he is a very very brutal guy and it is really interesting this whole concept of him having these titanium plates and having multiple surgeries to look radically different as uh, as is described by Lucius Fox, he looks radically different than the way we would have seen him before, which does give a clue that he is a former character of Gotham. Um, it's yeah. someone that we should know, or at least someone that Jim knows. That's what, that's what I was getting here. Uh, I was even getting to the point where I was going, he likes Ava Maria. Do you remember Don Falcone back in season one? Um, he, he loved his opera music. That's how they got Liza into his life was by through his love of opera music. Is this Don Falcone? The last time we saw him, he said he was going to die. And we said, that's not possible. There's no way that, that Don Falcone's going to die. Did Don Falcone get this reconstructive surgery to to mess with Jim Gordon? It was so many different things going on. Absolutely. And it's funny you should say that because he does say to Jim, I am a reflection of you mm. as well. And that has that kind of motif I don't know whether that exact sentence, but I think something very close has been uttered by Don Falcone Mm. to Jim. This idea that, you know, on one side you have the police, on the other side you have the organized criminals like the Falcone family, and that they bring order, which is what the pig is trying to do. You know, there's it's really interesting. The only thing probably that really makes this unlikely is the southern drawl that is coming from um the pig when he's being um in a in effect um baited by Jim. Yeah. When Jim goes back to him to really kind of say, Who are you? I know you're someone different and really pushes him to the point where he definitely lets his mask slip. Uh, but we do find um, that Lucius has done reconstruction to really see who this guy is if you take away 
all of the titanium plates, all of the cosmetic and facial surgery. He's put it around all the precincts and one has come back with the name Laszlo Valentine. Yes, yes, that that is some CSI type of technology that's led him to reconstruct this this face back to <laughs> what it would have been before. And he just drew it as well. It wasn't even computer generated. Yeah, very impressive. Very impressive. Well done. I don't trust the southern accent. I know. I know it's a great moment for Jim that he gets um, the mask to slip for Professor Pig, and then he talks in his southern accent. Uh, but I just don't trust it. It seems. It seems like one of those plays that a villain on Gotham will do to send Jim down the path they want them to go down. The fact that Jim found very quickly, once he put these this photograph out, in the Southern District because of that accident, the fact that he found out who this Laszlo Valentine was makes me think that I'm not sure. It could be a double bluff. Yeah, that it's kind of another lead to put uh, to put Jim on this path because as I say this seems to be suggesting that we know the character from Gotham and we've only had one Laszlo before in the show Laszlo was one of the um, bartenders that worked in Fish Mooney's bar in season one and he was taken out back and beaten uh, the reason why I remember it is because we had this exact conversation about Laszlo back in season one thinking is that going to be Professor Pig and then he got taken outside and beaten uh, by one of the heavies in the uh, in Fish Mooney's Club. So he's the only Laszlo that, we're, that I'm aware of that's been in the show. So interesting. Maybe there's another Laszlo, Laszlo that's been in Jim's life in the past, but he didn't seem to have any recollection or any memory of Laszlo Valentine when the name was given to him. So Yeah, okay. I mean, but it's interesting that you think that his accent could be a double bluff hmm. because, to be honest, that would be in keeping with Professor Pig. You know, he's a clever piggy. Yes, and is. certainly, um, you know, how he continually tries to put the GCPD off balance, then this really could be another play by the pig yeah. to do the same thing to Jim. Certainly when Jim really comes to him sort of exposing his deck of cards and his hand right from the outset, that could simply be, again, another ruse from Professor Pig. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we do see Laszlo confirmed, or do we then in this case, where Pig escapes from Arkham by killing the guard at the end of the episode. And on the wall of the cell is, it's been fun, James. Sign off, Laszlo. I know, I know. Very interesting. It sounds like he has somebody that was aware that Jim was going and got this information. It sounds like that's what I mean. It feels like he's put him on the trail of this name, Laszlo. So interesting one, but a really cool um, moments throughout this episode. It's it's very freaky when he gets punched and uh, and moves his entire face around to reset his jaw. That's uh, yeah, that's some skill. Definitely. Again, I think you know Jim coming in and giving a prisoner uh, in effectively a mental asylum mm-hmm. um, a a good right hand hook is probably not what the Charter on Human Rights says. Probably not. Um, except maybe in Gotham. But, well, but yeah. nonetheless, yes. Yeah. A bit of prisoner brutality here, I think. Absolutely, and a lovely shout out from Jim Gordon talking to Professor Pig saying your old news your yesterday's news you're no Fish Mooney Jerome Velasca or Oswald Cobblepot so a nice little shout out there to three of the biggest villains that have been in Gotham before so definitely but he is definitely no Fish Mooney because she's dead yeah yeah he is still alive (laughs) and causing I would say future havoc for Jim Gordon and the GCPD but you know let's hope so is Laszlo Valentine the r- final name that we're going to attach to Professor Pig, or is there more mystery mm-hmm. uh, in this lovely pork pie? Um, <laughs> it'll be interesting to know. But oh, I think, yeah. speaking of 
mysteries. Let's go into the narrows for our case note number two. All right. Uh, the new boss, um, the kangaroo courts, Samson and Poison. Yeah, we have have quite a good ride in the narrows, and we really see Leslie uh, upping her game uh, here. We see Samson, who's another gang leader in the narrows, who had a previous truce with uh, Cherry. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Samson now trying to press in on Leslie's new territory that she has taken from Cherry. Yeah, it's so really interesting. Really one, isn't it? interesting because it, it it's the play with Ed Nigma really here, where you know in a effect he is giving her sound advice samson effectively um betrays leslie on her first offer that she makes for him to stop um bullying uh press ganging people in her territory mm-hmm. and you know he reneges on it so it, it's really interesting but all the time ed nigma is looking to get Grundy into um into the action here and, uh-huh. and really go after Samson, but but Leslie kind of she she still keeps pushing him away and saying no, she's got a different plan. First, it's that she will open up her surgery to everyone in his territory, but when he reneges on that, she effectively goes full on evil and and poisons him and only offers um to give him the antidote yeah. if he stops doing what. Uh, he's doing now it'll be interesting will he renege on that because he does catch the antidote unless it's complete fake um so will he renege again because it is kind of left we don't know whether samson has been dealt with by leslie and her way of doing things but all the way through this you kind of have ed nigma just whispering on a shoulder we should use grundy or we should do this or Mm -hmm. we should do that yeah, it was really interesting that Samson was not willing to deal with Leslie at all. He's effectively saying to her that he wants to take the entire thing back now that Cherry's gone. He's not going to deal with her at all. But um I did love this kind of back and forth between Leslie. She's become a much tougher character this season, which is so good. And again, so good to have her not connected with Jim Gordon in this season. It's been really in, in exciting seeing a story for Leslie Tompkins, uh, which has been really enjoyable. I did like the kangaroo court that she sets up for the criminals of the criminal underworld of uh, of the narrows where you see two rival gangs uh, one trying to take over the other's territory and she's going just work together that's what you have to do so it uh, kind of reminded me a little bit of the scarecrow's kangaroo court that he set up in dark knight rises where yeah, he's presiding over the trials and tribulations of the city of gotham so uh, a nice little moment there she for, for is Leslie. yeah she is certainly asserting her authority mm-hmm. uh, in the narrows Mm-hmm, absolutely. But I think as well, this segues quite nicely into our third case note, which is, you know, Enigma. Um, as I said, you know, he's been there kind of giving her advice. You know, it's like he trusts his view. And um, Leslie has to confess to him, really, that she has run all the tests mm-hmm. and that there is nothing wrong with his brain. Yes, there was some early uh, popsicles in there that had thawed out but ultimately she cannot see anything that is wrong at least physically with his brain and so that it is um i suppose this confidence thing he is having to get back to his old self or so we think because she actually says no it's because you are enigma you're not the riddler and that you're a nice person 
It's like you were when you were back at the GCPD, that you were a friend. A really nice little moment between these two who have kind of been working together for the last few episodes and obviously with their troubled past with Chris Kringle and so on. This, I thought, was really uh, a really nice moment between the two. And that ultimately, you know, she didn't want him to go back to become the Riddler. Yeah, it's a lovely moment between the two of them. Really, really good to see that she's really trusting Ed again, even after everything he did for her or did to her, I suppose, more more uh, accurately. Um, it's kind of interesting to see that Leslie has kind of that wall is broken down between the two of them and she's willing to let him back into her life as Ed, not as the Riddler. But we have that wonderful moment. Our favourite second character in the show, Evil Ed, returns in the mirror at the end of the episode. Great moment and great to see that uh, that Ed doesn't want... He's back at that stage in his development that he doesn't want Evil Ed coming in and ruining it all and what he's set up. So I really like that scene again. It'd be really interesting to see that next week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, such a great little moment to reminisce on from all those times we saw Ed's evil persona in the mirror at the GCPD in season one and season two. Like mm-hmm. really, it, it was nice to see. And, and it's an interesting thing now that just as Ed learns the truth about his own capabilities from Leslie, that there's nothing physically wrong with him suddenly up pops evil ed mm-hmm. um you know it's something he just simply can't suppress absolutely absolutely um just really nice moments there with ed remaining a moron i do love that that moment with uh with cory michael smith where he's effectively saying to leslie exactly that he's going um you're helping all these people with their problems you're fixing their kids you're sorting out their issues yet i'm still a moron that's <laughs> really good uh let's go on to case note three which is probably the biggest moments of this episode uh the dance of oswald and sophia there is so much going on this this is where i was starting to to get all confused <laughs> with what absolutely was going on. i love the fact that sophia ends up bound to a chair just after she's escaped from uh the previous one at the hands of the dentist it's hilarious um yeah. you know when the sirens finally get hold of her i just thought that was so so funny but yeah this was a dance a zigzag a back and forth this was really sort of um bringing to a head all the behind the scenes all the undercover stuff that has been going on in gotham by sophia Mm -hmm. uh, as she tries to um outwit and outsmart oswald and actually the interesting thing here is that she actually gets martin to tell oswald about the kiss you know that she wants him to then react how she thinks she knows he is going to react because then that's when she can destroy him i thought that was really really interesting There's so much going on in these scenes and just as a as a kind of reaction to a lot of the feedback that we've gotten over the last couple of episodes about the sophia storyline uh, where people were saying the storyline itself needs to go somewhere it needs to go somewhere uh, very fast because people were getting tired of the kind of manipulation that she was doing or not knowing what she was trying to manipulate oswald for it comes in full force in this one episode. To me, I really loved those scenes in the previous episodes. I, I really liked not knowing what was happening with Sophia, but to get it all dropped in this episode, there's a great moment where Sophia and Oswald are speaking to each other just before where Oswald's explaining that he knows about the relationship with Jim and that he's about to send her to the dentist and the whole um, mask drops 
for Sophia, where she just says, I knew exactly what you're going to do. I thought I'd have a challenge here. It's amazing what you can accomplish with goulash and a good foot rub. Um, <laughs> really yeah. enjoyed that moment, seeing the real side of this evil Sophia. And we see a bit more of it when she joins this, this sirens and they've kidnapped her. Uh, we see a bit more of that side of her where she's going, I'm a Falcone. I can do all of this now. Uh, and all I need is your help. Why would you give me back to Penguin? After all, he does want to kill all of the sirens for what they do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was really good seeing her kind of execute her plan and in some ways i thought it was interesting because we hadn't really been a party to much of it other than her involvement with jim gordon mm-hmm. that this really was kind of like the floodgates opening of, of this dance between the two that we've had you yeah. know it was the full embrace it was the salsa of, of this storyline really and i i really enjoyed it um again I thought Penguin sending Victor Zaz uh, with the rocket launcher, um, you know, really good. Just the way Selena says, I think she might be telling the truth. Yeah. Look at the, look at the, the screen uh, as you see Zaz rock up with a rocket launcher to take down uh, the siren's base. That has to be the Butch Zooka, doesn't it? The Butch Gilzine bazooka that he used to kill Galavan. It has to be the same rocket launcher, it's right? Got, it's got to be, yeah. <laughs> they both came from Penguin, so. I mean, the, the interesting thing here is just about what a wuss Jim is. I mean, like, he is called to account by Sophia here. She, he really is. You know, she's, she tries to use him to take the fight to Penguin with the GCPD. Mm. This is the moment to act now that both their combined efforts, hers in the dirty, grubby underworld of Gotham and his with the GCPD, that they can take out uh penguin here it's an interesting uh, way to look at it and you know jim actually you know as she says to him you were the one that came down to miami you were the one that wanted to restore it and jim is almost again it's like oh but you're you've become too evil for me to deal with and i, I completely agree previously with sophia what did you expect jim what did you expect? And then to see Jim join up with Penguin uh, to make that arrangement to have both the licenses removed, but that he will put uh, Sophia back on a train out of Gotham uh, where she will stay. Mm-hmm. And I was like thinking, okay, you just can't work with Jim Gordon. He is all over the place unless this was another part of the plan. And he has been, um, his role in Sophia's plan is all, has also been kind of kept deliberately murky, but I don't think so. This to me seemed to be Jim saying, no, actually, I don't like the way you've been doing it. I can't work with you. I certainly don't want to be romantically attached to you. So now I'm going to ship you off back to Miami. One sentence, John, one sentence ruined Sophia's plan. And that was do this because that's why I put you in that job. Um, Jim's reaction to that is based on everything that Harvey Bullock told him that there will be a price to play, pay for taking up the job of captain of the GCPD. And to hear what that price is, I now take direction from a Falcone family member because I'm now working as a captain. That's where Jim just shuts down completely. Uh, It was one of those moments where uh, you see Penguin saying to Zaz, now we're going to have every criminal in Gotham is going to run riot on the streets to prove to Jim Gordon that we own the streets 
and then Jim walks in and, and you see Oswald going, I didn't expect sorry. that to happen. Yeah, I'm sorry though. Uh, what did Jim expect? He knew exactly oh, yeah. who put him there. He knew what he was doing when he signed up. Okay, he's now taking the moral high ground. It mm-hmm. still does not hide the fact he reneged on his deal with Sophia. And actually, th- the thing she is asking him to do is the thing that he brought her to Gotham to do or went down to Don Falcone's to get him to do, which was to bring an end to the Penguin. Um, You know, does he really think that that arrangement, given the number of times he's had arrangements with Penguin, is going to stick? No. So, But this is Jim. This is he's, Jim. he's going for organized crime compared to the lunacy and chaos of crime that Gotham has brought. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting play by Jim. Yes, I think his his moral uh, radar went berserk at this moment. And Absolutely. yes, you're right. That's why he said uh, no. He still went back on the deal. He still actually, you know, failed to take that opportunity to deal with Penguin. Is it a deal when she hasn't actually told them the plan, even though he's asked her about 15 times? Tell me the plan. Tell me the plan. I need to know the plan because I have no idea what you're doing here. And then she just walks into him and goes, Jim, you've got an army. You need to tool up your army and go after the Penguin. That's not a plan. That's not a deal. Sorry, I don't agree with you. Oh, well. <laughs> I love good job you're not the uh, commissioner or chief of police for anywhere. <laughs> I would I would probably take the moral high ground a couple of times if I was chief of police. Um, no, I'm not saying what he did is wrong in terms of him taking a morality or ethical position. But he asked for help and he got it. And as she said before, what did you expect? Asking a gangster. Mm-hmm. He knows that he has to operate in a fairly cloudy zone in Gotham because it's the nature of the city. Harvey's told him it a million times. He's tried to be the moral high ground person. He's tried to do it with Captain Barnes as well. And Mm -hmm. each time he's fallen back down. And actually the point that he was making, the point I think that he was realizing in himself is that he has to take um, a bit of the slack on this. He has to realize he can't just hold that straight and narrow uh, viewpoint that Captain Barnes did because Gotham doesn't work like that. I just was surprised. I was like, okay, Jim really is all over the place. Never be surprised at Jim's straight arrow uh, nature as he's as he is in this show, definitely. Um, the episode ends with Sophia working back with the sirens um, because now they've lost the bar, which is now the Iceberg Lounge. They've lost the new business venture that Barbara has set up, up because it's now a huge hole in the side of a building from the rocket launcher. So, um, so yeah, we're seeing these four ladies work together. Uh, one of the things I was, I was saying watching this episode, um, you can really see the difference between this show. We mentioned a couple of weeks ago about the other CW shows where most of the women on those shows, they are there to react to the men that are around them. That's all they're there for. They have the heroes are all men. And the women react to them. Even on something like Supergirl, she does tend to react to the men around her uh, a lot more. In this show, you see four strong women working together to take over the city of Gotham. That's what separates this show from the other DC shows. It's something really interesting. There's a moment on Crisis on Earth X, that four-episode crossover CW show, where you have two characters who've been in five seasons and four seasons, respectively, of the shows. The two of them are together. They're working together and against the villains, and they go... 
I don't know what to do here. What should we do? Oh, we need to break the man out of a cell to get us to help. Like, that's not a Gotham lady there. That That's not the women of Gotham. And that's what I love about this show. The Absolutely. strong female characters that we've had Absolutely. since the first season. Absolutely. But I think with the final flourish or twirl of this dance between Oswald and Sophia, we come to our fifth and final case note. Mm. The life and death and the life again. Of Martine. I know. This had to be its own point, really, didn't it? Um, Absolutely. I think Christopher Convery, who has played Martine, he has been excellent. Um, he really does make you want to blub. Uh, where so his little cute. eyes are watering up <laughs> there, um, you know, as Oswald's kind of going sort of bad, you know, he's really shouting at him because he's kind of owned up to say that, you know, Sophia had used him and was kidnapped by her and to really sell him these false secrets. It was really, really good. Just, it was so believable that he really regretted all that. Oh, yeah. He didn't want to lie to Oswald and he wanted to be with Oswald. And I have to say... This was a really, really good part of, of the episode. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, they lined up the sirens and Sophia, Victor Zaz, Penguin and his henchmen, and there is the bargaining chip, Martine. So good. So good. Um, I have to say, as you said, Christopher Connery having four episodes of this show, not saying a word, just scribbling on a notepad, and he makes such an impact on the show. You see the absolute love that Oswald has for this guy, uh, this kid. It's so good. But you do think, because it's Oswald, he flips in a dime. You do actually think that he's killed him. Um, I thought that that bomb went off and had killed Martin. I, I absolutely thought that it happened. But it isn't held back very long. We do see that Martin Martin's alive. He's got a great little way of getting out a little trapdoor in the bottom of Oswald's car. Very cool. Yeah, really cool. And down into the sewers. Mm -hmm. uh, really, really good. I love the fact that when Oswald realizes that uh, Martin has gone, he goes to the pad that's left on there. And there's a drawing of I've been kidnapped with a gun pointed at his head by one of his stick figures to to the, the figure of himself. Mm -hmm. And you're just there going... How long did it take you to draw that? You know, that looks quite intricate for being surprised and kidnapped. What I did like about it is you can tell who it is that's kidnapped him. It's Tabitha Galavan because he's got her ponytail drawn into the, into the yeah, picture. Absolutely. So that moment in the car with Tabitha and, uh, and Babs and Kat when they're sitting with Martin in the middle and Kat goes, this guy doesn't, doesn't speak. He's a bit useless, isn't he? And then Tabitha turns around and goes, he's weird. <laughs> I find him really disconcerting. It's great. I love that little interplay between all of them. Yeah. Uh, just for this kid to take all this stuff going on around him, this show is brutal, as we saw from the opening episode. And I don't know how this kid is able to be in this environment, but he just plays it perfectly. Really, really enjoyed him in the episode. Definitely. It was a real heartfelt goodbye between Oswald and Martin. Mm. Um, but he can never return to Gotham. Or can he? I, I hope he can. I just get the feeling that even though Victor Zaz is the most trusted member of Oswald's organization, he's starting to get a little bit peeved at how Oswald's treating him like his secretary. Once again, he's trying to get phone messages out of him. And Victor Zaz is going, I don't know, she's on the phone, talk to her, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I have the feeling that he, since he knows where Martin is... That information may get out to a certain Sophia Falcone for uh, for next week's finale episode. Absolutely. I think that's it with our case notes. Mm -hmm. um, Gotham moment of the week, Derek. What is yours? 
I have to say just one moment that I really enjoyed is uh, where Leslie and Ed are talking and Leslie goes, what do you think? Should I send Grundy to rip his arms off? And Ed goes, look at him. He lives for that. <laughs> it's a great moment. Fair dues again to uh, Drew Powell for getting that makeup on. That takes a couple of hours to do. And he stood in the background of this scene and just grunted <laughs> once. Uh, fair dues to him for, for being up for it. Uh, it's one of my one of my favorite moments. I did really enjoy that moment with, uh, as I say, the reveal of Sophia when, when her mask dropped and she reveals that she has been planning and plotting against Oswald. Just revealing it to his face is a great moment. She's out of the shadows now, so let's see how it goes in the future. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think for me, the moment of the week is the reveal that Martine absolutely is alive and kicking, and he escaped through the hatch of Penguin's car Mm -hmm. and down into the sewers to be collected later uh, so that he is not flushed away with all the other spits and bobs down there in the sewer. That is truly the best moment I've seen on Gotham this season. Very, very cool. And our Gotham character of the week? It has to be the dentist. He was spooky, creepy, um, and not just because he was a dentist, but because of how he looked. Um, you know, he is a DC character who mm-hmm. worships the Joker and is a member of the League of Smiles within the DC universe. Uh, and I love the way Sophia knew everything about him, that Don Falcone had killed his brother. But if he carried on, then him and the rest of his immediate family would not be spurred by the Falcones. So I, I just thought the dentist was a really, really good um, character of this week. The Gotham character of the week for, for me anyway. I loved as well how he used his fairly brutal looking contraption to get rid of one of the heavies uh, as Sophia uh, has persuaded him. And mm-hmm. that's another good thing about Sophia, you know, she is a strong persuader. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Definitely found that out in this episode. Overall, John, how would you rate the episode? I would give this five piggy titanium plates out of five. Oh, yes. uh, this was titanium, definitely a real solid episode. That's in the Rihanna way, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think <laughs> absolutely everything just came together in a nice and glorious mix um, you know, in terms of Penguin and Sophia's dance, I loved um, the bittersweetness of Martin being killed, but only to be overjoyed again by him coming back and having such a great send-off from Oswald. Professor Pig, the mystery continues. This is a fantastic, fantastic character. I want to know, is he Laszlo? Is he not? Or is he someone else? You know, really want to know mm. uh, what's going on here. To see Ed go from moron to crazy dual personality person again. Interesting. What's going to happen here? You know, is Leslie Tompkins in danger? And to see her expand and solidify and assert her authority in the Narrows was a great little addition here. Yeah. It's really good to see her as a character really beginning to shine in a more salubrious way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this episode. This was one of the most exciting hours of television I think I've seen in quite a long time. Really, really enjoyed it. We unfortunately don't have time for feedback this week because we're recording a little bit early. I uh, have plans this weekend, so we have, we've had to uh, just record our episode. But thanks so much for your feedback over on Twitter uh, at Gotham TV Podcast and over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Gotham TV Podcast. Make sure you send your email in to us uh, about 
write the, your thoughts for any of the episodes that we've watched as we come up to the mid-season finale of Gotham next week with Queen Takes Night. And a certain Jerome Velasca is going to appear in that episode, John. Yes, that is on the 7th of December. Yes. And remember as well, you can also leave a voicemail on our website. Head on over to GothamTVPodcast.com. Click on the tab on the right-hand side of the screen. And you can leave up to 90 seconds of voicemail to share your thoughts. And of course... As we said earlier on in the podcast, please share the love, rate, review, and uh, join us over and subscribe to Gotham TV Podcast on the podcast catcher of your choice. Sorry for the slightly shorter episode this week, but we have really, really enjoyed the episode overall. Really enjoyed talking about it as well with you. We will talk to you again next time, Gathwhites. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, as always, for listening to us. I'm off to go and fix my titanium plates, because <laughs> I am titanium. Nice. And I'm off to get some goulash and a good foot rub. Bye. Yeah, as always, thank you so much for listening, and we'll speak with you again next time. Bye. <laughs> This is Victoria Cartagena. I play Renee Montoya on Gotham. Hey, this is Andrew Stewart-Jones. I play Christmas Allen on Gotham. This is Robin Lloyd-Taylor. I'm David Mazuz. Hey, Gotham TV podcast listeners. This is Maggie Gia, otherwise known as Poison Ivy. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV podcast.